This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's playground. Coming up today, we check in with Will Paffenfuss of Northwoods Bait and Tackle. He's also in the midst of his first season on the National Walleye Tour, and he's coming to us from South Dakota where he's getting ready for round three of the season. I turned a lake into a big old ass. I never used this for 20-pound tails. If you're fishing with me, you're fishing with the best. And if you're not, ooh, yeah, there are soon you're gonna be. I catch more fishes than the seagull birds. If you all ain't fishing, you're a bunch of nerds. Cause the fishes all tremble at the side of me. Cause I'm fishing. If you're fascinated by what you're hearing today, Bemidji State University might be the place for you when it comes to college. They're located amid the lakes and forests of the Northwoods, and it's the only place in Minnesota where you can earn a four-year degree in aquatic biology. It's a state-of-the-art program on the shores of Lake Bemidji, giving you high-tech lakeside facilities and ample opportunity for research and a hands-on education. You can choose fisheries biology, aquatic systems, or wetlands ecology. An aquatic biology education at Minnesota's premier Northwoods University. It's the right fit for you. Visit BemidjiState.edu. Hi, this is Nate Blazing with the Nisla Guide League, and you're listening to Paul Bunyan Country Outdoor. Well, today we're checking in with National Walleye Tour Pro, Will Pappenfuss. He also works in Northwoods Bait and Tackle. Will, welcome back. Glad to be here, Kev. So let's talk a little bit about the uh, National Walleye Tour. You are uh, on the tour for the first time. How did this uh, open up for you? Uh, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's a big leap to climb. You know, I'd, four, uh, the four spots they're going to, I've never fished before, so it's a, been a little intimidating. But, um, you know, you get out there, get your get your feet wet and bounce your own, and you figure something out, and you just try and uh, try and get your five each day and, you know, whatever happens, happens. And uh, I haven't got my five each day, but I've got some good ones that uh, have kept me in it. So far, I think we're sitting after two events. I'm 12th in Angler of the Year right now, and mm-hmm. down here at uh, Francis Case right now, just getting ready. And we have a little bit of a windy day today, so I'm going to get off the water early and just going to get some parts to fix my trailer and fix the truck and get everything uh, get everything managed. Mm-hmm. And I just, uh, we'll see how she goes. When is the tournament actually? Uh, it'd be Thursday, Friday. Okay. So, how did you get onto the tour, uh, and how long has this been a dream of yours? Um, you know, it's basically just trying to get the time and the money to do it. It's uh, it's been a long time coming. I've been kind of trying to trying to work to get enough money to do it and get the sponsors racked up and time off, and it just kind of all came together this year, and just decided to do it. All right. Well, talk about those first two tournaments. Uh, what? How did it play out? Uh, where was the first one, first of all? First one was in Spring Valley, Illinois. And I ended up borrowing uh, Buddy's dad's boat because mine wasn't back yet. And we had nothing with it but issues with battery issues, trolling motor issues. Other guys were having battery issues, trolling motor issues, power issues. And I don't know how many different marinas and Cabela's and stores we called within a two or three hour radius and how many miles we put on to find parts and some of them ended up being the wrong parts and ended up being for nothing and it just was a some of us ended up switching boats and it was a, 
it was a grind of a week, and I think some of us got maybe like six to ten hours of pre-fishing total that we were down there. So it was a, going into the first day of the tournament, it wasn't uh, wasn't the super great feeling, but the the stuff we needed to work was working. So it kind of gave me a little hope, and we ended up being in seventh after the first day. So that was pretty cool. And then uh, second day, we only think we had four. I had one one small one. I couldn't get to touch 14 through it back. And if that one would have been 14, it would have been like another $1,200. Mm. I couldn't get her to touch. <laughs> a $1,400 inch. Yeah, it's crazy what it comes down to sometimes in these, these tournaments. Wow. And then the second tournament. Second one was in Winnebago. And that was about a month ago now. And going into it, we had had my boat back. Everything was working good. After we got it there, we had a few kinks we had to fix. But uh, we ended up getting everything to work. The bite was was pretty good leading up to it. But then we woke up and tournament day, and it was 37 degrees and blowing, and it just changed everything. And we had to scramble both days. But the first day, we stuck a 7-pounder, and it kept us up there. But we ended up just missing check range. We... It uh, was a no-call tournament, and I ended up throwing a couple back early that kind of regretted. But uh, we had to we had to swing for it at least once or twice to try and try and get those big ones, and then it just ended up costing us a check by like maybe a couple ounces, I think it was. But that's the way way it goes, and you make those decisions. Okay, wow. And uh, and now you're getting ready for this tournament. Um, what do you think of the water there so far? Uh, it's it's pretty cool. I mean, South Dakota fishing anywhere. It's just the the different scenery, not as much trees and rolling hills, and it's pretty pretty great place to fish. And there's a lot of fish down here. I mean, every spot we we've checked, it looks good. Everything has fish on it. It's just trying to find where the big ones are going and when they want to eat because they're the big ones are kind of finicky. But I'm hoping we can put uh, a good. 13, 14 pounds together each day just to keep us in there. And if we get lucky and stick one of those seven pounders, eight pounders, well, that'd be awesome too. But we're just going <laughs> to try to shoot for a good bag both days and see where the cards fall. Okay. And then how many tournaments are there on the circuit for the year? There's four total. So mm-hmm. the last one will be Salt St. Marie, Michigan in July. And, and have you ever fished there before? I have not. Okay. Well, this is Everything, all a all learning experience. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Except for if if I end up finishing the top forty after, for points after the year, we go to Devils and I fish there a few times. So, and it's nice and close to home. It's only a two hour, two and a half hour drive versus a seven to ten hour drive everywhere else. So, Will Pappenfuss, longtime successful angler and first year National Walleye Tour pro. We got a lot more tournament stuff to talk with Will next. I'm Will Pappenfuss and Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors because Ted Jackson needs all the help he can get. Go one step further into the outdoors this summer and experience the incomparable natural wonder of Bemidji, the first city on the Mississippi. Bemidji features abundant access to the great outdoors with over 400 pristine lakes, perfect for canoeing, paddleboarding, and over 160 miles of trails that run through the northern Minnesota landscape. Plan your next great outdoor adventure today at visitbemidji.com. Bemidji, one step further. I'm Bruce Jean, and this is Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. Good friend of the show, Will Pappenfuss, joins us today. He is in the midst of his first ever season on the National Walleye Tour. And, Will, is it everything you thought it would be? Are you enjoying it? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a little different fishing with a co-angler versus a partner, but it's it's just awesome to get out and fish against the guys you 
you know you grew up watching and learning from and looking up to and it's it's kind of cool when you come in and you end up just having a few more pounds and then it's kind of kind of cool and then there's some days that you get your butt whooped and <laughs> they're back up there and you're like well yeah that's tournament fishing you know it's every every day is different so you just gotta worry about yourself to go get your five and see where everything ends up well, I tell you what, Will, uh, outside of tournament fishing, this has been a spectacular fishing year so far. I think a couple lakes started out slow, but once they kicked in, it's, uh, I mean, I have not heard bad reports very often. It's It's been awesome. Yeah, it's it's been super great. The back, we, uh, I missed opener, so I know it was a little slow, but it sounds like right when I got back, everything picked up. Like Lake Bemidji, it's been, uh, it's been really good out there after a couple weeks after opener until we had uh, the bugs start hatching and everything like cast was really really good early and then the bugs start hatching there too and leech and yeah, a little bit of a hiccup the last week or so it sounds like but uh, should be picking back up once again here once all those bugs are done okay what uh what do you think we should be using right now are we still in a minnow bite or is it time to move on i you, there's still guys getting them on minnows for sure you know the water temp has still been sitting under 70 most of the time and I'm sure now she's starting to climb back up, but guys have still been throwing like a jig, jigging a sucker, jigging a fathead, jigging a small red tail. If you can find shiners, they're still biting them. Um, otherwise, the leeches and crawlers definitely are starting to take over. Okay. Where are they hanging out? Uh, most of them still been hanging out shallow in the weeds, like anywhere from as shallow as four feet we've caught them and, you know, out as deep as. I would say probably 25 to 30 even some spots, but most of them have still been hanging out, and probably 8 to, eight to 15 has probably been the best. Okay. Yeah, it's, uh, again, it's what we're hearing, you know, of course, on Winnie, on Red, uh, are these amazing stretch of three or four year classes in a row that are in prime, you know, not in the slot level, so you can, you can get a fish fry, and, and everything just seems to be going right now. And, of course, the guys that like bass, that's going. Uh, muskies, I think, are waking up some. I think, you know, right now pretty much everything's biting. Yeah, exactly. And I know the muskie tournament this last weekend, there was quite a few nice fish caught. And myself, just while I fished, and I caught two. And then I actually went and brought my muskie rod with the one day before the night, and I almost had like a 48, 49 hit me right at the boat. And I <laughs> missed her. Wow. But, uh, yeah, it seems, that, it seems that everything is on the chew right now, and you know, some days are a little bit tougher with the bugs and stuff, but it'll be right back at it again here real shortly, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, listen, you, you've you been fishing a long time, and, and you know uh, all the gear out there. Uh, is there anything out there, new gear, that you like a lot that uh, that you're kind of enamored with right now? Yeah, we've been uh, playing with the new Northland Tungsten jigs quite a bit, whether we're just jigging or throwing them on under a bobber or something like that. It's awesome. You can get... Uh, a smaller profile down there with the same weight definitely seems to be helping with it sinking a little bit faster. And then uh, that we've been playing with the new eye candy plastics as well, too, and they've held up really well. They're some of the most durable plastics I've used, and you can get more than two to three fish out of them, and fish seem to love them. So those those two combos have been really good. Okay. And, of course, uh, there's always new electronics. seems like every week something new comes out. Yeah, exactly. You know, forward, it seems more and more people are getting forward-facing sonar and starting to figure it out a little bit, and it's kind of making me have to get a little bit, get do it a little bit more too to make sure I can still keep up with everybody else with the way it's taking off. So. 
We'll wrap it up with Will Pappenfuss of Northwoods Bait and Tackle and the National Walleye Tour next. I'm Kevin Cochran of Kevin Cochran's Musky Guide Service, and I catch fish bigger than Kev Jackson on a daily basis. If you love the outdoors and are looking for ways to align your education with future employment in the trades, Northwest Technical College in Bemidji is for you. Explore state-of-the-art technical education in six career paths, automotive, building trades, business, health, child care, and manufacturing technology, all in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods, surrounded by more than 400 lakes and, of course, limitless forests. The shortest path to your dream job and a good bite is at NTC, Bemidji's Technical College. Learn more today. Visit ntcmn.edu. I'm Chuck Hasse of Leisure Outdoor Adventures, and you're listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Well, Pappenfuss of the National Walleye Tour and Northwoods Bait and Tackle is my guest. And, well, I know with that forward-facing sonar and, and the clearer water, um, there's a lot of people, and certainly at the, at the nights and at the Leech Lake Tournament, that are using bobbers for walleye fishing a lot more than they have in the past. How about you? Are you using bobbers more? Yeah, I mean, I still was before everybody or I had it. I know I was using side imaging a lot or 2D and just power corking or you you know, you drive over deeper fish on 2D and you drop a bobber behind the boat or drive around with side imaging up shallow and pitch where you see the schools, but since uh since I've had lidoscope, I've used used bobbers probably 75% of the time, probably 70% of the time. But if they don't eat it, then I'll probably use I'll use other stuff too, whether it's jigs or jigging a plastic or geographs and I just I, I feel like more of a bass guy now because I have like eight rods tied up with, at a time and I'm rifling through different baits until they eat. So it's kind of it's kind of changed the way everybody fishes now. Yeah, it it sure has, and every everything is different. That's a fact. A lot of people don't like it. Uh, a lot of people absolutely love it. So there's uh, there's a numerous uh, opinions about that stuff. Yeah, exactly. And most of the time, it's uh, the people that are that are hating it and haven't used it yet or don't want to learn how to use it it's just it's just kind of one of those things but you know it's it's good and it's bad at the same time but it's mm-hmm. it's almost should be used in moderation kind of thing for certain things but other than that it's a it's a great technology and you know who knows where it's going to go from here so well will you work at northwoods bait and tackle you're in your new location how's everything working over there Ah, really good. You know, we have a lot of room for parking now. We have more room for more activities inside. We have a game room for the kids. We've got archery. We've got everything spaced out for clothing, and now everybody can see what we have instead of it having crammed into a corridor in the back garage, and we can fit more ice castles and more people with boats, and it just makes everything that much smoother. Okay, yeah, it's a... You you definitely grew out of your old place. It was a great location, but uh, pretty tough <laughs> for more than a couple of cars to get in there. Yeah, for sure. I, I miss seeing the lake every day, but it uh, it also makes it feel better that I don't see everybody going fishing while I'm stuck at the shop. So it makes it a little bit easier. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah, that uh, that makes sense, too. Well, Will, before we wrap it up, do you have time for a Fast Five? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Will Pappenfuss, Fast Five. Fast Five. Did I start up? Question number one. Dogs or cats? Dogs. You got one? Uh, the old lady has one. Um, cats seem to want to rip up my boat floor, so <laughs> we'll go with dogs. <laughs> okay. Question number two. What is Will Pappenfuss's favorite pizza topping and the best place to get that pizza? 
Chicken Bacon Ranch at Papa Murphy's Steak and Bacon. All right. Question number three. Can you remember the first fish you ever caught? Uh, it was a bass, and I don't like to admit it, but it was a bass. <laughs> How old were you? Uh, probably six or seven, I want to say. Do, so, do you remember where? Show anybody can catch those, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you remember where you were at? Uh, Pierce Fish Lake down, uh, down home in Pierce there. Okay. All right. Question number four. What is the biggest fish you've ever caught? Biggest walleye is 32 inches, and then biggest fish I've caught is probably a 57-inch sturgeon up on the range. I would say 99.9% of the answers are a sturgeon on rainy for, for anglers around here. Yeah. yeah they're, they're long up there. <laughs> and finally, question number five. You've been sentenced to fishing purgatory. That means you can fish forever, every day, forever, but only on one lake. What lake will that be? Ooh, I would probably say Fort Peck. Tell me about Fort Peck. Um, well, the guys I work with uh, on the walleye tour here that we travel with, a couple of them live there. And uh, usually if they don't catch a, at least a couple over 30 each day, it's a bad day. So if that tells you anything. And is that that's in Montana, right? Yep. I think we've talked in the past. You've taken a trip or two out there. Yeah, it's, I definitely need to get out there in the spring or fall in a boat instead of just ice fishing one of these days. All right. Well, listen, Will, if uh, if we're going fishing this weekend, where do we need to be fishing? What do we need to have in the boat with us? I would definitely have a bobber rod with you. I'd bring a crankbait rod if you want to troll after dark or just before dark. And then I would definitely have a spinner or a Lindy rig tied up with a leech or a crawler. All right. He's Will Pappenfuss. Uh, he is on the National Walleye Tour and, in fact, is pre-fishing uh, for the weekend at Francis Case in South Dakota. Will, thanks for the time today, and good luck this weekend. You bet. Thank you, Kev. Fishing for bug in country.